Well, hello, hello, folks. It's good to see you again. Welcome back to Your Money and a Cup of Joe. I am your moderator, Ryan Ruff. It's great to be back with everybody today. Uh, we've got another great wealth management topic we're going to be diving into. Myself, star of our show, Mr. Joe Kaleo of Kaleo Wealth Management Group. Today, we're going to be diving knee-deep really into this idea of, of inheriting significant wealth or family wealth, if you will. Uh, look, simply having significant wealth, as we've talked about many times on this show, it doesn't necessarily guarantee a great life. Uh, you, a lot of inheritors out there, especially in today's day and age, can face a number of different challenges uh, at various points in their lives, not just at the onset of inheriting that wealth. And this could be maybe even years ahead of the day of that inheritance I'm talking about. So today, Joe and I are going to be examining some of the key issues and hurdles that inheritors of significant wealth are going to need to overcome throughout their life and we're also going to talk about some of the strategies that are aimed at addressing these issues successfully and what joe and his team are talking about with families out there so they can mitigate the challenges before they even really become an issue in the first place so with that being said let's go ahead and welcome joe aboard and get into it joe it's good to see you today how are you doing ryan doing great good to see you glad we're tackling this topic very timely yeah, absolutely. Joe, you and I have talked about the massive number of, of wealth that's going to be transferred down to the next generation here in the next few years. Uh, but we're going to start at a little higher level today. A lot of people I think out there would agree that having money is better than not having money, right? Plain and simple. But when you talk that, when you, when you say that or share that sentiment with somebody of, with, with family wealth, uh, and then the concept of passing that family wealth comes into play, I think uh, the uh, the opportunity for challenges, for lack of a better word, comes into play. Why don't you set the scene for us? Absolutely. There are challenges, right? Wealth doesn't automatically mean you're going to have a good or a happy life or a healthy life. It is important for members of the older generation who've been transforming their wealth or transferring it to their heirs, as well as for younger family members who are going to take control of those assets someday. So they've got to be thoughtful. They've got to be careful. There is some planning involved. And by acting now ahead of time and working together with your trusted advisors and potentially with your family, well, that means you're likely to have, uh, you're likely to first avoid pitfalls, but it's also likely to match what the inheritors want and or needs and more effectively deal with the concerns that could arise down the road. Well, before we get into the wants and the needs, because that's a big part of today's conversation, let's talk about those pitfalls you mentioned. What do those look like? What are some of the big ones that you and your team see and obviously try to avoid with the families you work with? Yeah, let's start with older generations and affluent parents and grandparents often worry about the potential negative impacts of giving significant wealth to their kids. One survey, for example, found that almost 70% of high net worth individuals were concerned about leaving too much money for their heirs because in doing so, they might make the inheritors lazy or just irresponsible. And then there are the inheritors themselves. They can often feel overwhelmed by sudden or unexpected wealth, particularly if their good fortune resulted from the death of someone that they had loved dearly. So they have this guilt feeling. And what's more, so many people with inheritors' lives, siblings, friends, even strangers, then become sources of stress for the people after they find themselves possessing considerable wealth. So there are some ramifications as to how this comes about. 
Well, with all those issues in mind, then, Joe, where do you begin? There's a lot of thoughts and strategies and solutions that exist out there, but where do you begin in the process of, of laying a foundation so that you can navigate the challenges that are inevitably going to pop up? Yeah. The first step is to recognize the challenges that inheritors are likely to face. So you can be on the lookout for them or possibly plan, right? You have to know who the enemy is or what the enemy is, as if it were, and how to tackle it, right? And while every affluent family has its unique characteristics, there are a few challenges that tend to crop up somewhat repeatedly among inheritors of wealth. First, the lack of financial knowledge. Inheritors or would-be inheritors oftentimes don't have a handle on what their specific inheritance consists of, as well as the basic concepts of investment financial management, right? Often what happens is the giver, if you will, has a higher financial acumen than those that are receiving. So in short, they don't know much about their own money or about money generally. And this lack of knowledge presents several potential big problems. For one, they can feel disconnected from their own wealth, seeing it as not really theirs, if you will, or viewing it kind of abstractly as something that's simply always there for the taking. Let's say what's more, Ryan, is that they may feel more susceptible to making poor decisions with their money or being cheated out of it by unscrupulous people seeking to take advantage. So there are several things that can go into this that then becomes a concern. Of course, that lack of financial knowledge, obviously a key, a key issue here, Joe. Uh, what are, what's another challenge? What's another red flag that seems to be very popular that folks should be on the lookout for? Yeah, bad spending habits. Let's start with that one, right? That can be a major issue with inherited wealth. I mean, we're talking more than the obvious hedonistic overspending of inherited money that can turn into an ocean of wealth into a puddle, right? That's certainly a trap that inheritors can fall into. But there's also poor spending can entail using wealth in ways that fail to generate the results people most want from their spending, which often includes just greater happiness and pleasure and a more meaningful life. Regardless of whether they spend a ton or not much at all, the feeling of emptiness that can occur when they realize that their spending isn't meaningfully improving their lives, it can be a rude awakening. So that's one thing to be on the lookout for, if you will. The other is, and we touched on it just a moment ago, is the feelings of guilt or possibly even low self-esteem. The issues of entitlement and believing you deserve something that was unearned are well-known concerns when it comes to generational wealth. But it's also common to find inheritors saddled with a sense of guilt or anxiety about money that's given to them. Sometimes these feelings stem from inheritors not having a clear sense of who they are and their place in the world prior to receiving assets. These inheritors often feel like they're defined by money and affluence they did little to deserve, leading to the classic imposter syndrome condition, right? A feeling that they now live in a world in which they don't really belong. Well, Joe, I mean, given these popular issues that I know you've seen pop up in different ways, shapes, and forms, what can a family actually do here? I mean, what are some boots on the ground, real action steps that they can be taking to start mitigating those challenges? Yeah, Ryan, I, I think one of the things that we've seen and try to do is take different steps that are more appropriate for some of the families that are involved. For in, for example, and in general, one big action step would be to build and hone financial decision-making skills in your family. 
chances are an advisor or wealth manager will be involved in managing inherited wealth. Great. Even so, inheritors themselves need to develop some big picture financial knowledge and an overall sense of ownership of their wealth and decisions around it. Parents and grandparents can start by imparting some knowledge about one, saving, two, spending, three, investing, and starting at an early age, like possibly even elementary school with some sort of allowance. Heirs can then take a number of steps, such as signing up for classes, maybe in high school or college, that then teach financial basics. One specific area to focus, though, is the relationship between money and meaning. We encourage heirs to pursue a lifestyle that speaks to their values, both their families and their own. Once they get clarity on this, a financial plan can be built around such values. And Ryan, one of the things we often talk to families about is putting in a family constitution, describing the values that then go into that constitution, possibly including the charities that were most important to them, and getting those family members on board to support as well. So that way, when they see that they're spending for themselves, they may spend some for the charity. So it's some of the things that we've talked to some of our families about. So Joe, uh, let's, I want to kind of circle back for just a moment, because I think there's a part of this conversation that we haven't necessarily hit on yet that's important. And that is, what about some of those emotionally challenging issues for inheritors that are going, you know, that receive that inherited wealth? Uh, that are important to hit on and what's a, what's a way that somebody can deal with maybe let's say not necessarily the financial acumen or or a level of intelligence but more so an emotional challenge that exists well and and people will deal with emotional challenges and oftentimes when you deal with that you may want to share that with someone family members or peers or friends especially those who have had dealt with something like this and in our experience inheritors will admit that their wealth creates feelings of isolation and possibly loneliness. Their affluence can make it hard for them to relate to or bond with others that encounter in their lives, right? So especially if those people have far less wealth. Well, that alienation can be a problem and it can occur between inheritors who are very much alike. So when families overemphasize privacy concerns or tell their children to hide their fears and their concerns from others, it can hurt or even stunt important social or emotional connections to others. And that's something that we all need. Well, that in turn can potentially lead to depression or life altering problems. So inheritors and really entire affluent families need opportunities to communicate and commiserate and share with one another. Being open about both the pros and the cons of inherited wealth allows inheritors to see that they're not alone in how they feel and view their situations. Given that the former Surgeon General has called loneliness a public health crisis, certainly spurred on to new heights by COVID, it stands to reason that the less alone inheritors feel, the less likely they are to fall into behaviors that hurt themselves, their wealth, or possibly even both. Uh, it's a very strong point. I'm glad glad we circled back and double-clicked on that, Joe. Let's get back to the positive stuff. What can somebody be doing now to kind of be a good steward, shall we say, of their wealth, apart from just learning about money and the financial concepts? What, what else can somebody be doing? Yeah, let's talk about stewardship, right? It's a word that many wealthy families use but don't often act on, right, at least in a broad sense with each other and don't talk about it. 
And while it can mean passively sustaining family wealth and status over time, it can, should some say, instill in further values such as entrepreneurship and active wealth creation and heirs. By encouraging entrepreneurship and engaging in it, families can potentially reduce the risk that heirs will become defined by their inheritance or become unmotivated to pursue their own accomplishments in life. Active wealth stewardship can and does take many forms, such as leaders of a family-owned business bringing heirs up through the ranks of the company, or matriarchs and patriarchs lending money to heirs for business ideas, such as a family bank structure. Right, Ryan, recently we had a family that mom and dad had passed away and passed it on to seven other family members. Six of the seven have all taken these steps. One decided to spend it and did it in very quick order, which was somewhat surprising, to say the least. In another case, a good friend decided to lend money to family members, but still put some structure behind it to make sure that it wasn't theirs to spend freely, but it did have strings attached. All of these things were, I think, sound pieces of structure and advice that these clients took for their for their family members. No, that's great. I appreciate you sharing some of the stories because, again, I mean, you're having these conversations on a pretty regular basis with clients that are prepping their families for moments like these. So then, Joe, in kind of summation of today's conversation, do you have any final advice, any final insights you want to leave our audience with for those, let's say, either preparing to transfer wealth or either inheriting or or inheriting the wealth themselves? Yeah, work with professionals you trust. And while it's important, you know, for the inheritors to have a strong sense of self, that doesn't necessarily mean throwing out the bulk of their connections to the past. Case in point, inheritors often switch advisors once they receive their windfalls, in part because they want to strike out on their own independently, you know, of how their parents did things. They want to do it their own way. But one of the things that often is important is that successful family had an existing team of professionals that often led them through either trying times or gave them successful paths and often know the family's history and values on a deep level. So if heirs have been brought into the wealth management process over time, those advisors know a great deal about the inheritors too. If the inheritors do seek out new and unfamiliar professionals, they, need, they will need to vet those professionals carefully, which they may not know how to do effectively. In short, don't rule out finding new pros to work with, but don't take the step recklessly or automatically. No, that's a really strong point. And folks, to Joe's point, we just released an episode very recently on the podcast, Finding the Right Wealth Manager for You. So if this is a conversation that is pertinent to you and you want to find out what kind of the steps that you should be taking to recognize whether a wealth manager is right for you, I recommend traveling back in time, check out that episode. But Joe, a lot of great information, a lot of good stuff on the table for, for not only of course, inheritors, but also the matriarchs and patriarchs that will be let, you know, passing that wealth down. Joe, you're having conversations like these and obviously every family is unique. Every circumstance is going to be unique, which is why it helps to have these conversations on a granular level with that trusted advisor, with that wealth manager, Joe, for anybody out there that might find themselves in a similar boat and would benefit from having a conversation about their family, about that process, what's the best way they could get in touch with you and your team to just start a dialogue? 
Ryan, I want to add this point as you bring this up to a close today, because I had a conversation with two business owners. They know each other very well. We know them also. And client B wanted what client A wants. So we thought, right, because they were having that conversation. Once we got client B in the room with his estate planning attorney and said, let's take a step back and understand your family history and your goals and desire, it is different than client A. Let's address your issues. So it goes back to your summation question. We do tailor those specific recommendations, whether it's investments, whether it's anything within the estate plan or working with the estate planning attorney, whether it's with their accountant and tax structure. We tailor those solutions to the client because each client may have slightly different goals or different family or different end results that they want to accomplish. And that's why it's so important to tailor the results to the client. And so if they have a, a question, if they want a second opinion, give us a call, shoot us an email. We're happy to have that conversation with them. Appreciate that, Joe. Look, you're a busy guy. You've got those clients to serve. So we'll let you get back to doing that. But thanks for uh, carving some time out for the show today. And uh, looking forward to being back on the next one with you. Cheers, Ryan. All righty, Joe, take it easy. And hey, look, we want to take one final moment, folks, as we always do. And thank you all for stopping by and being with us and listening to us uh, on today's show. If you did benefit from today's conversation surrounding this idea of inheriting wealth or preparing your heirs for that inheritance, you benefited from the conversation. Well, make sure you hit that subscribe button on whichever platform you checked us out on. That way you don't miss out on great conversations like these where Joe and I explore different avenues of wealth management and we dive into some of the regular conversations conversations that he's already having with his client base at the Kaleo Wealth Management Group. But look, for Joe, I'm Ryan. We're going to go ahead and say so long and sign off today. We appreciate you being with us here on Your Money and a Cup of Joe. This presentation is for informational and educational purposes only and should not be relied upon as investment advice or the basis for making any investment decisions. The views and opinions expressed may not be those of UBS Financial Services Incorporated. UBS Financial Services Incorporated does not verify and does not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of the information presented. This material is made available for use by CEG. Neither UBS Financial Services Incorporated nor any of its employees provide tax or legal advice. You should consult with your personal tax or legal advisor regarding your personal circumstances. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients, UBS Financial Services Incorporated offers investment advisory services in its capacity as an SEC registered investment advisor and brokerage services in its capacity as an SEC registered broker dealer. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways, and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. It is important that clients understand the ways in which we conduct business, that they carefully read the agreements and disclosures that we provide to them about the products or services we offer. For more information, please review the PDF document at UBS.com slash relationship summary. UBS Financial Services Incorporated is a subsidiary of UBS AG, member FINRA, member SIPC. Joe Kaleo at Kaleo Wealth Management Group, UBS Financial Services Incorporated. Office address 200 West Highway 6, Suite 400 in Waco, Texas, 76712.